Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. Welcome to another episode of Stay at Home Mom. Today we're going to talk about something that I'm sure everybody has experienced at one point in their life, and that is grief and loss and what you do as a family and as an individual to overcome it. When you're a mom, there are totally new levels of understanding grief and how to process it than when it's just you on your own. So I'm going to start with a story about a puppy that we got at the beginning of this year. Her name was Agnes Duchess of the Goody Logs, and she was a beautiful chocolate lab, and we adopted her into our family because we were hoping to breed our handsome yellow lab with her eventually so we could have some litters of puppies. And this dog was a spitfire. She was so full of life and so full of joy, and she would go, 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 go all the time. She loved hard and she had fun. She was an amazing dog. And we moved to our property. She was a few months old. We have been here for roughly six months, and we have yet to put a fence in the front of our property. So we were working pretty diligently with the dogs to make sure, you know, they stayed behind the house, they stayed in the back. I mean, we have 10 acres, so they have plenty of space to roam and run and things to do. So we were working very, very, very diligently to keep them in the back. The other day, my husband brought her in the camper and was like, hey, Agnes was just running down the middle of the road. And I looked at her and I said, Aggie, no, that's not safe. You don't do that. You stay in the back. And, you know, she did her little puppy face and cowered and laid down because she realized, you know, she had done wrong and that she needed to correct it. So, She laid there repentant for a little bit, and then she got up and carried on with her joyous little self. Well, yesterday, as my kids did chores, I assumed that the dog had come in when they were finished. She usually goes to the kids' room, and Lincoln, our yellow lab, usually comes to my room. So I didn't think anything of not seeing her. Well, as I'm getting ready to leave, because I realized my husband had left his phone at home, and I thought, well, I need to get groceries. I'll go bring him his phone. No big deal. Notice that the neighbor was walking past our RV to come up to the door. And I thought, oh, shoot, I better get there before the dogs freak out. So I jumped over Lincoln and I closed my bedroom door and she knocked and I opened it. And I, as I was, I was kind of looking for Agnes because I couldn't figure out why she wasn't running to the door when she heard the knock. Well, the neighbor said, do you have a little brown dog? And I said, yeah. She said, does she have an orange collar? And I said, yeah. And she said, I am so sorry. Um, she's been hit and she's laying on the road in front of our house. And so I turn around to put my boots on and I jumped out the door and I said, oh, I need to call my husband. So I turned around, I ran inside, I grabbed my phone. And then I remembered my husband doesn't have his phone. I have his phone. So I just went into survival mode, set my phone down. 
I grabbed the wheelbarrow that was sitting right outside our RV because we had just recently been doing a bunch of chores. And I proceeded to push the wheelbarrow through the yard, the front yard, down the ditch, up the ditch, and across the street to pick up my lifeless puppy. And my neighbor, I felt so bad for her because she kept saying, I'm so sorry, I've lost two dogs on this road. People don't care. They don't stop. They don't slow down. They don't honk. She's like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, yep, I know. It's, you know, I, it's okay. So I push her back across the road. Meanwhile, my kids are on the other side of the street, screaming their heads off, hysterical. I push the wheelbarrow up into the yard, into the backyard. I cover it with a tarp. And I said, I need to go bring daddy his phone and tell him what happened. So everybody load up. If you want to come, you can stay in the van. I still have to do the grocery shopping. <laughs> so while in shock, I proceeded to drive to my husband's job site, shaking the whole way, um, but maintaining my composure. And as soon as I got to the house that he was working on, I walked in the door and I walked into the room that he was in. And I was shaking. I was, I would say, pretty close to convulsing at that point. He turned around and I had his phone held out in front of me. And he looked at it and he said, oh, thanks. And then he looked at me and he said, what? I said, Agnes is dead. And he said, what do you mean? And so I kind of, I started bawling and he escorted me out of the house because there's other contractors in there. There's an electrician, <laughs> there's other people doing other things. So he walked me out of the house. He walked me up to the van to which five of our other children were sitting still. And he, we just sat in there and we were crying and, and he looked at me and I said, where do you want me to start digging? Because we have to bury her. He said, I don't even know. Um, I'm just going to come home. I do this job. He was, we were expecting to have this specific job finished three weeks ago. He was already behind, not because of his own self-doing, but because waiting on other contractors when you're doing work like this can set your timeline back a lot if they don't show up when they say they're going to. Or if materials are backordered, it really kind of pushes timelines out. And those are things you can never predict. So I just looked at him. I said, no, you need to just finish the job. I can go I'll go take care of it. It's fine. We decided that he would come home and help and we would say our goodbyes. So he did, came home. Him and I went out. We dug a hole by the pond that she jumped in all the time and made herself super stinky. But she absolutely loved it. And so that's where we laid her to rest. And then the grieving part of loss began. And grieving in and of itself is a painful experience. But grieving as a mother, as your children are also grieving, is a whole nother level of grief that, that is really difficult to navigate on your own. And so this is something that we're, it's super fresh. That's why I wanted to talk about it right now because it's something that we're walking through this very moment. I'm keeping it very real, very raw, very transparent so that you know, maybe I can look back at this and be like, oh, wow, look at, look at what we did. Look at what we, how we walked through that. And maybe I can learn something later on. So one of the first things my children did was they came inside and they started drawing pictures. Drawing pictures of Agnes, drawing pictures of how they felt, being creative, because that tends to be how my family expresses their feelings, which is great. I appreciate it so much. We spent a lot of time crying and saying how much we were going to miss her, and it was just a rough day all around. Well, after we had Lincoln say his goodbyes, the kids said their goodbyes, 
James and I said our goodbyes. We walked away from where we laid her to rest. James had to go back to work. And I needed to get groceries because we, we were out of food. And so that's what I did. I told my kids, I said, I think you should stay home, console one another, be here for one another. I'm going to go get the grocery shopping done and then I'll come home. And while I was shopping, I was talking to a very wise and encouraging friend of mine. You know, it helped to be able to kind of talk through some of that grief. So I got home, unloaded all my groceries, kind of dealt with what emotions I was dealing with. James had called me, said he was going to be late. So uh, Sarah and I went and took care of all of the animals. We did all of the night chores and there was the most beautiful sunset it was just absolutely gorgeous. And I said, it looks like Agnes is jumping up in, in a pond up in the sky. And you're seeing these ripple effects in the clouds. And it was, it was a comforting, a really comforting thing to watch the sunset last night. It felt almost reassuring. Like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And we came in the house, decided, you know, we we're just going to do something easy for dinner, like oatmeal. So my kids cooked like their organic gluten-free oatmeal, but frozen fruit in it. I still couldn't eat. I was hungry, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to eat. So I was sitting in the bed when James got home and we started talking about how we were feeling. And then one by one, our children start to trickle into our bedroom and they start talking about how much they miss Aggie. And then they start sharing fun stories of her. And we sat in our bed with our six children for over an hour and shared stories about all of the fun things that this puppy shared with us in the last near 10 months that we had her. It was healing. It was really healing. You know, we cried a lot of tears. We experienced those feelings of grief, but at the same time, we were reminded of what an incredible dog she was. What can you learn from a dog, right? <laughs> She's just a puppy. As my children decided to go to bed, you know, we prayed for them. We gave them hugs and kisses and each one of them left one by one as they were ready. And I laid in bed after everyone was gone and prayed and tried my hardest to fall asleep, even though I was feeling this extreme sense of loss, almost like a piece of my heart was missing. But I know one thing, and that is that my creator who created me and my children and everything that we see before us cares about even our animals and the things that we care about, he cares about. I thought, you know, what is that verse that talks about, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I opened up Psalms because I was pretty sure it was a Psalm. In Psalm 27, verse 13 says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And so as I fell asleep last night, that was kind of what I was holding on to. I'm like, I'm just going to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I know that you take our ashes and you turn it into something beautiful. I know that Psalm 30, I believe, let me turn to that, it says that he will turn our mourning into dancing. And verse 11, it says, you have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have torn my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. 
so that esteem might praise you and not be silent. Oh, Yahweh, my Elohim, I thank you forever. So he takes those most painful circumstances that we experience and he can turn it for good. And he does turn it for good. That's what he wants to show us. Like these things suck, but there's goodness that can come out of it. Now, do I think that it's good that I lost my dog? No. Do I think that it's good that somebody hit my dog and didn't stop or honk or try to evade the situation so that there was not a life lost? No, I, I'm not naive. I'm not disillusioned. I am very much a realist, and I understand that there, there are things that happen, and I understand that there are greater plans than mine. There are things that happen in this world that are far beyond my understanding, and I'm okay with that. But what do you do when you feel grief? What do you, how do you walk your kids through it? That's the question that I've struggled with in the last 24 hours because it's only been 24 hours since I had to say goodbye to my puppy. She was mine. She was the best dog that I could have asked for. There aren't many dogs that I have had in my life that I can say like, this is the best dog I've ever had. But I have been really blessed since I've been married to have the experience of having some wonderful dogs. My husband is very good at picking out a dog. It's been a process. But my kids have come in one by one this morning after they've done their chores. They've said, you know, it just doesn't feel the same after they've made breakfast. It just doesn't feel the same with Agnes not waiting there for somebody to drop something for her to snatch off the floor. It doesn't feel the same with her not being under my feet while I'm taking care of the chickens and trying to eat the chicken feed. You know, the the things that made Agnes who she was, those are the things that we miss. So my 13-year-old came and sat down with me and she said, you know, I really miss her. And we, we cried together and said, you know, Agnes wouldn't have wanted us to be sad because she was a happy puppy. She was happy all the time. She would want us to find joy in this moment because, you know, she would feel remorse. But then she, after she was over that, like she'd sit in it for maybe a couple minutes. And then she'd be like, let's go play. Let's go throw a stick. Let's go run. Let's chase the cows. Let's do something fun. Let's go jump in the pond that mom hates me jumping in because then I always smell like stinky duckweed. (laughs) She would have not sat in this for this long. And so I looked at Sarah and I said, let's think about the things that we learned from Agnes. What did we learn from this puppy in the short time that we had her? And Sarah said, she was always happy. I said, she was. She was always happy. She was never spicy. She was just joyous all the time. Nothing deterred her from being happy. And she was fun. She made everything fun. Everything that she did, it was a game and it was fun. And she was going to be the best at it. And she was going to enjoy every second of every moment of her life, no matter what, whether that was jumping on the trampoline with the kids, whether that was rounding up the sheep and the goats, or jumping on the swing and swinging on it, or sitting in the rocking chair while James was doing his woodwork in a shop. The dog made everything fun. And I just found out actually a couple days ago that she had been opening the shop door because it had a lever handle on it. So when James was in there, she would just hit the lever and walk in and just go jump in his rocking chair and watch him work. She was just that kind of a cool dog. She's just cool. So that's what we focused on. What what did we learn from her? What, What can we learn that we can take away that we can be more like that in our lives? We can be slow to anger and quick to forgive, and repentant and humble before other people, considering them above ourselves. We can find joy even in the hardest moments of our lives, and we can make it fun, 
even though some of the jobs we do are not fun at all, we can make it fun. I woke up this morning with that little part of my heart missing and being kind of bummed because I didn't have this fun little chocolate lab smacking me in the face with her paw to say, hey, it's morning, you need to let me out now. And I also woke up with a verse on my mind and then a friend actually texted me the same thing. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I am planning for you, declares Yahweh, plans for peace and not of evil, to give you an expectancy and a latter end. Then you shall call on me and shall come and pray to me and I shall listen to you. And you shall seek and shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I shall be found by you, declares Yahweh. That's a big deal. And I shall be found by you. When we seek him, we will find him. And we will understand the things that are beyond our comprehension. The feelings and the emotions and the things that we go through in this life, they aren't in vain. But we don't know the plans for our whole lives. We don't have everything figured out. We don't know all of the story, but he does. He knows the story from the beginning to the end. And trusting in him in these moments when grief and loss and pain is so real and so strong, that is when we need to cling to him the most. That's when we really need to search him out and say, hey, I'm struggling here. Like, this isn't fair. This doesn't seem right. This was not something I ever wanted my children to experience in their childhood. I mean, it's difficult enough to go through when you're an adult. But I enjoy the fact that my kids know how to express their grief. They know that it, it's safe for them to cry. It's safe for them to draw pictures. It's safe for them to tell stories. It's safe for them to ask questions. We may not have all the answers to all these questions, and, and I'm okay with that. And I pray that I'm teaching my children to be okay with that too, because I can't make an answer that I don't have. I'm just not going to lie and I'm not going to pretend that I do have all the answers because I don't. And that's okay. I am okay. And my children are okay. And we are going to walk through this grief and we're going to take the lessons that we've learned from Agnes and we are going to utilize them in our everyday life. And we're going to remind ourselves every day of the love that was so unrestrained and unbridled that she shared and the joy that she walked in every moment that she was awake. <laughs> We're going to name our pond Aggie's Pond. We're going to remember the blessing that she was to our family. And I hope that this helps you understand that grief, while it is one of the most profound things that we walk through in this life, it can be beautiful even though it is painful. And I hope I gave you some encouraging words that as you enter into a a point in your life where you've lost someone or a beloved pet. Don't get me wrong. I don't equate the loss of a pet with the loss of a human. They're very different, but profoundly unique in their own sense. These are things that I've done ever since I was 20 and I lost my own father. So it's not new to me to run to scripture and to pray and to pour out my heart before my creator and trust that he has my heart and my life in the palm of his hands. And I'm doing my best to teach my children the same. I'm doing my best to show them that it's safe and it's okay to feel the feelings that you feel. But let's just not sit in them. Let's not stay here. Let's move on. Let's look forward to what is ahead and what we can learn from this experience. Because there's so many lessons. There are so many things we can learn. I appreciate you taking the time to listen today. I hope I didn't make you sad. 
that wasn't my intention at all. My intention was just to encourage you. If you're struggling through something, know you're not alone. That Everybody has gone through something at some point in their life. Each of us has walked a road that no one fully understands, but we can encourage one another with our stories and with our insights and our own experiences and the things that that we've learned along the way. So I pray that you walk away today with a smile on your face, knowing that your future is held in the palm of your creator, that he knows exactly what you have need of, and he will hear every cry of your heart. So just seek him and know that he will be there when you look for him. Have a blessed day. Hug your kids. Enjoy being the beautiful mother that you are. Embrace everything that motherhood has, whether it's laughter and smiles or grief and sadness, and rest in Him. And join us next time when we talk about something much more uplifting, like healing, miracles, and what we have seen in our own family. Thanks for tuning in to Stay at Home, Mom. Mom.